fucking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thank God It's Saturday podcast. Yes, this isn't being done on Friday. There is a reason for it, as I will now explain. We had problems at the Weird Science Lab this week. Eric had issues with his computer, but then when that was going on, he decided that he needed to take a step back and take a couple, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe years. He's going to take some time off from the podcast. So, He will not be on this show. He wasn't on the Patreon spotlight that I did by myself yesterday, and he won't be on at least this week's DC Comics podcast. But I'm going to try to grab a bunch of people to be co-host. Hopefully, the hiatus will not last too long. Eric will get his batteries recharged and rejoin me on all of those shows sooner, if not later. But here we are. The show must go on, and I'm going to continue by... Being joined by my man, Dr. Matt. Me and Dr. Matt are going to go through the uh, Batman Superman World's Finest book by Mark Wade. And it's kind of a cool little synergy because me and Matt on the Patreon had just reviewed issue three of the John Byrne Man of Steel series. When John Byrne started up the Superman stuff after the Crisis on Infinite Earths. You end up having him retelling a bunch of things from the past for Superman. But one of those things in Superman's past is the first meeting of him and Batman, which is what we just ended up doing last week on the show. And that just happens to be what this Mark Wade issue is about this week. So I asked him to join me. Me and him talked about it. And that's what you're going to get in just a second. But before we go off to that, let me remind everyone. That if you like what you hear, want to help us out, support us for all of the podcasts we do and get a ton of podcasts in return, please go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirded science. Pick a level that's good for you. But I will tell you, if you go over right now, you can start off by getting a free one week trial of our $5 level, which gets you a lot of shows, including our Thursday night, usually weekly DC Comics Spotlight. The podcast we always talk about that has two books picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, and they ended up picking some doozies this week. Eric picked a good week to bail, because we ended up talking about, or I ended up talking about, because I did it on my own, Hawk Girl number two and Tales of the Titans number two, a Raven issue by Teeny Howard, and that kind of explains a lot right there. And I was worried that without Eric, I would not have anybody to reel me, and I'd lose my mind and scream and yell, and lo and behold, that's what happened. So if you want to hear me screaming and yelling, you just go over there. And like I said, go over to patreon.com slash weird science and you'll get a bunch of other shows, including reading clubs like our Walking Dead reading club, our Hellboy comics reading club, our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reading club, or the newly recorded, newly formed podcast, the reading club for the Mark Miller Miller World books that I am going through the Wanted series right now. A lot of stuff over there. If you're a comic fan, even if you're a comic fan that you listen to us talk about DC and you're like, man, I'm not really liking the night tears. I don't like a direction of this side or the other thing. There's always something at our Patreon that is classic that we know is good and we're doing it because we know it's good. And like some people say when they're a little down on the big two, well, at least I have the older stuff to talk about. I still have some... That's kind of what those shows are for. 
on the Patreon to kind of lift everybody's spirits to remember why we love comics and give little examples when things aren't going great week to week that we can always rely on some of those big classics. So check that out. Patreon.com slash weird science. Every help, uh, every help helps. Every little help is appreciated. See, I'm having problems already, but like I said, I'm going to be joined right now by Dr. Matt. We're going to talk about what is one of the best books at DC right now. This world's finest book. Most people will agree that even when, and I think I say it while we're talking, even when it's not like the greatest, it's still a solid deal. And it's still something that I can count on every time it comes out that week. At least I know I'll like at least one book because I usually do end up liking that. So we're going to go off. It is that cool bit, a start of the first meeting of Batman and Superman, and away we go. All right, and here we are, me and Matt Razor. What up, Dr. Matt? What up, Jim? What up, and thank you for joining me, helping me out with this world's finest book. And one of the reasons why it's pretty cool that me and you are talking about it is because me and you just did on our Patreon (laughs) the John Byrne Man of Steel first meeting of Batman Superman that actually has some little tidbits in this. This yep. is Mark Wade's own deal, but he does give wink winks at a bunch of, of different things. Because if you don't know, Batman and Superman have met for the first time at least 20 times, it seems. <laughs> there are lists out there and you can go through them. One of the first is where they met on a cruise ship because they went to go take a trip separately. And billionaire Bruce Wayne ended up getting double booked with the reporter Clark Kent from Metropolis, but takes it in stride. And usually billionaires would probably be a little more upset about it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe at that point he was probably just considered a millionaire. But still, that was back in the day. That was like in 1942. Oh I think it was Superman 79 is actually what it was. But the, in that, their team up ends up almost being foiled. By a Lois Lane who keeps trying to pry and figure out each of their identities like she always did back in the day. Then there was crazy things of dating, only to end with Clark and Bruce wondering who Lois really likes. And guess who gets the date at the end? You're right, Matt. Dick Grayson. Twelve-year-old <laughs> Dick Grayson was out on a date then. He, he was taking She's like, oh, he's so cute. And they walk off the date. I'm like, then that would be cancellation. Now, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Here we go with Mark Waden. As me and Eric have talked about, Mark Wade has kind of the Mark Wade universe that does fit but doesn't. If you look too closely, if you squint too much and put it under a microscope, a lot of things don't fit. But as we were talking beforehand, it did lead into that Lazarus rain planet nonsense. <laughs> so it is part of it. It's just I don't get it. And it still drives me nuts that it did tie in and give us the Lazarus rain, something that keeps coming up in the weirdest, weirdest ways. That Lazarus Rain never really hit with most people. No. Barely explained, but yet it's the driving force between behind Summer Ween, Night Terrors, but also ends up in books like the Teen Titans, Tales of the Titans book. This I can't get rid of that stuff. So no. I, I blame Mark Wade for that nonsense. But this is one of the better books, if not People saying the best book coming out from DC right now. So it's always cool when we do get World's Finest. I'll give you the credits and then we'll jump into this first meeting. Written by Mark Wade, Travis Moore on art. So it's not Dan Moore. And Travis Moore does a decent enough job. The worst you can say, or it's not Dan Moore. Me and you both said that. It's still good, but you're right. It's not him. Yeah, it's not Dan Moore. But 
in a one, well, maybe two shot, but in a flashback, in a flashback kind of series, it, it makes enough sense because this is Phantom Riddles Part 1. But Colors by Tamara Baumvillone. She's blocked us. Steve Wong's <laughs> on Letters. And as I said, it's the origin of the world's finest team, Phantom Riddles Part 1. Me and Eric had talked a lot about the idea where it's tough to play Riddler. It's tough to have Riddler and the Riddles because they're goofy. Me and you both admitted to each other before we recorded, we don't even try to solve I just riddles. zone out when I read them. I don't even try to. I, I just know <laughs> Batman's involved. He's going to solve it and tell yeah. us. That's what I wait for. I'm like, if I sat there and tried, it's like me and the backwards magic of Zatanna. It's just going to drive me insane, and I'm just going to get mad. And why, why let myself get mad at a riddle when there's so much more? To get angry about, but we do start <laughs> out with Bullock and Commissioner Gordon, and or actually, it'd probably be Detective Gordon at this point. I'm not sure. Does he say Commissioner? It says Commissioner. Right in, there. So it is a little yeah. later. That's again, there's the wonkiness of the timeline, but you end up wherever this lies. It's early on Batman and Superman, but you end up where there is a riddle presented by the Riddler. They have dealt with the Riddler before. Not everybody, you know, around the world must know about him yet, but the Riddle gets the attention of Clark Kent. You end up where Gordon decides, yeah, let's let's publicize this. And I like the kind of play. Should we? Because there could be copycats. Riddler always wants the, you know, the publicity or wants the attention, but they think we need to get this out there because they don't understand what this riddle is in. It's written in Kryptonese, which that's kind of a clever play. The idea that the riddles are never going to really impress anyone. Most of the times I think they Google riddles and just throw them in and me and you wait for <laughs> Batman still to solve it because we're dummies. <laughs> so you get this Kryptonese riddle. So the, the riddle is what it is, but it's also how the hell is somebody writing in the Kryptonese language. How yeah, it's impossible. It, it's impossible. Yeah, nobody knows. The only it. person on this world at this point, and it is verified in this, at this point, is just Clark. Superman, except maybe Crypto, but Superman says, I don't think that Crypto wrote that out. <laughs> He's a good boy. I'm like, he also can't write. But still, you end up where this ends up getting the attention of Superman. He suits up and he heads off to Gotham. In the meantime, he could also go and play the role of Clark Kent reporter because while these riddles are going on, they also have what they're calling the ghosting of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of people are disappearing. They're not quite sure how, what, or even if this is connected, but there is another big story going on in Gotham. And in fact, like you said, he does say commissioner. So when Superman comes down in Gordon's eye, how does he get in? Did he break through the roof? Because he hovers down into the office. I, I'd love to see him like crawling through vents and then jumping down. But when he does that, Gordon's surprised he thinks it's Batman. And ends up, oh, oh my God. And I will tell you, <laughs> it was a little bit of an eye-rolling thing when he goes, Superman, I don't believe a man could fly. It's such a weird... Yeah, I mean, it's their first meeting, so I guess it's... You know, relevant. It, it, it's just crazy. He should, yeah. uh, it's just going by the, you know, the Superman 78 tagline deal. But uh-huh. when he ends up a pleasure to meet you, I've heard about you. This is great. They do mention there's two things going on. So they don't really, they haven't connected these yet. So it's like, oh my God. Cause when you end up having all this, oh my God, do you think Batman knows about it? And even then Gordon has a wink, wink line of like, 
Huh. I can't really like signal him anyway. Like, what, what is that? And like, that's a good idea. So there you get like the first deal of in his <laughs> mind. Signal. I think that'd be cool. Now you end up where this is happening. Superman with his powers, he does sense that Batman is hanging out on the gargoyle across the street, listening in. So he fly- he flies so suddenly that Gordon's coat gets like kind of ripped off there. You end up having papers everywhere. Gordon's going to, it's going to take him three hours to clean up. And does Superman just crash through the, the There must be a again. skylight or something. There has I mean. to be. It's just so funny <laughs> that you have that going on. And yet he just swoops out. I swear to God, he doesn't care. He just smashes through the wall and let Gordon figure Probably. that out later. But he goes <laughs> over. And I do like this move because it is a power move. Where Superman is just hovering in in the sky and he's got his arms crossed. Eavesdrop much, Batman. And I swear to God, Batman's like, holy moly, this guy is hung because his <laughs> eyes are like he doesn't want to look Superman in the eye. And he's like, oh, yeah. God, holy moly. He can't take his eyes off it. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, holy undies outside trunks. But he's like, welcome to Gotham. So this is their meeting. Me and you just did, We I said at the beginning, we just did the John Byrne Man of Steel, and I think it was issue three, correct, mm-hmm. that we did it was that, you know, let's reestablish Superman's, you know, origin things and all going after Christ on Infinite Earth. Let's have this first meeting. And in that, they didn't really like each other that much. Batman was really standoffish, and Superman thought that Batman was not a good guy. Mm-hmm. They, In fact, the only reason they continued to team up in that issue is that batman lied to superman and said i have a bomb and if you don't you know if you touch me i'm gonna blow it up and some innocent life is gonna die but in the meantime let's work together and and do this stuff and it ended up at the end that the innocent life was batman himself which made you roll your eyes (laughs) i thought it was okay it was kind of goofy and and again I'll, i'll tell you if you do want to Listen to me and Matt talk about that and a bunch of the other things. We do a crisis podcast on the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. You can check that out. But still, you end up where they seem to at least kind of respect each other here. And Mark Wade does a good job. Superman's going to do the the brawn stuff. And Batman is the brains. He's going to figure out the riddles. He's going to tell Superman how things go in Gotham. But you still end up. Kind of feeling like Superman is the light, Batman's the dark. You, you get enough of that, which is pretty cool. I yeah. think that Mark Wade does a good job with that. Mm-hmm. And then you see some guy walking across the crosswalk. He disappears. He's canceled. He's out. So they're still having that, oh, my God, it's the ghosting of Gotham. We don't know what's going on. But the real play for Superman is, why was this written in Kryptonese? Let's go find out. And then we take a weird little side deal, right? Because they're, they're trying to do this. It feels like right now they're less trying to figure out the riddle and where the riddler is and what it all means than they're just patrolling together because they're just going around (laughs) and the point out because it's making me giggle looking at this. Matt does not like Batman zipping around Gotham keeping up with Superman. I'm telling you in this, I think Superman's laying off a bit. I love the idea that he's going like he's puttering, you know, through with this fists forward as he's flying and you know that he's like this sucks but i don't want to show well, up well, how does it work he shoots the the, the the 
batarang or whatever. It hooks onto something, and then he has another Ooh, rope somewhere he else. He zips around, and he yeah. I, I think that when you usually see it, you don't really ever see him switch to another line. Yeah, it's good for like one. I don't like when Daredevil does it either. Uh, well, and people get upset with Spider-Man because it's just there should be webs everywhere, but they dissolve. They always <laughs> have a way to do it. Now, again, to bring up the John Byrne issue, it was funny because instead of at first Batman zipping around, he was trying to zip around and Superman came and grabbed the line. He was going to take him to the police. And was flying him to the police where <laughs> in this, you almost think that maybe you could have done that. Maybe Superman would have gotten so fed up. Give me that line. But in that, you did see that Batman was so crazy. That he just let go of the line and you thought he was going to die and miraculously somehow we couldn't figure out he ended up on another building. But still, you have him zipping around. It's kind of a cool play. And I do like the way that Travis Moore does this where some of the panels intersect. You have that line going over this and that. It's kind of a cool deal as you see a lot of people disappearing. Telling you, you see there's a side panel. I disappeared. And my it took my family three months to find out. Like this whole thing was probably solved by the time they even realized I was gone. <laughs> so they go and there's spellbinders, spellbinders on top of a building, telling people they have to jump. Superman saves them. Batman comes in, grabs spellbinder. I like that again. Early Batman, you have to keep reminding yourself of that. When he takes down spellbinder, he puts that Batman card yep. on him after he ties him up. Because he's leaving them for the police and that sort of thing. I thought that was pretty funny. Though then I was wondering, how many ropes does he have? I know he yeah. has this belt and all, but he's used his rope, his swinging around town rope now, to tie up Spellbinder. What gives there, Batman? But in that, it's the whole play of tying in to Magpie. And Magpie, <laughs> in that John Byrne, that was the main villain. The main villain was Magpie. That is what ended up where Batman and Superman teamed up. So having her in here, kind of cool. Well, we were just we were just literally just talking about we want to see Magpie again. And then the next issue that comes out is this. It was this. so crazy. I mean, three days later, you end up like, holy crap, Magpie. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. Because it's that, you know, that first meeting type of thing. Well, this doesn't do much it is a nice wink wink and you see her she loves things that glitter and then she has these jewels they're trying to get away and you end up where superman he just goes down he's so crazy he goes down into the sewer bashes up out grabs the car from underneath as it goes and just rips out everything from the car he takes the entire rear axle off i thought that was pretty cool they should be dead yeah they're going pretty fast i mean they're flying and he ends up doing that but they're not and in that first deal in the john Byrne, you did have the thugs around magpie just let loose on S- superman because they didn't know that he could deflect bullets they're about to do that and i thought oh that's that's kind of neat but they're stopped by batman coming in and doing the roundhouse kick he does a flying jean-claude van damme kick on this guy knocks him out superman then says and we're gonna get a bunch of one-uppings in this in my mind he's like mm-hmm. well i didn't need you to do that I, I am super bad, but thank you for your teamwork. And then Miserable Batman, don't get used to it, buddy. I work alone. I'm like, you just were working together. Uh, pretty good, right? Yeah. But then you end up Superman. And, and again, Mark Wade is thinking this through, says, well, that's fine. And I think that, you know, Superman's probably like, listen, you can have this cesspool of Gotham. Even when Superman first shows up, Batman has to explain them. Anytime you have Superman coming to gotham for the first time they have to mention gotham's a cesspool like this is not the city of tomorrow 
this isn't Metropolis. It's bad here. But he says, no offense, but you're going to be seemingly going against somebody who might be a crypt- Kryptonian. You're not going to be able to stop that. You're yeah, no the chance. Batman. That's fine. But they will kill you. They will just destroy you. I'm going to be here because we are going to need somebody with my powers if that comes around. And then says, I mean, I like this where he kind of says to Batman, listen, if you want to be a jerk, go home because I don't need you really. I'm going to do this. So I welcome teamwork. We're on the same side, at least for now. Again, try to give that little bit of that edge of them not totally trusting or liking each other. But, you know, I don't trust people who hide their faces. I don't like it. You know, I'm respecting your privacy, but I have to ask who's under the mask. And and Batman says, who first? You start to get the idea that it's meathead Superman we're dealing with. Because (laughs) Batman says, you first, meaning, what's your secret identity? Who are you? Superman takes it literally. I don't wear a mask. (laughs) He's like, not that. He says, listen, I know you weren't born. Your mom didn't name you Superman. Who are you? And then starts to go down the list of everything he's figured Mm -hmm. out. And me and you said in that John Byrne issue, and I'll say it again in this, you get the feeling that throughout all of this, everything that is going on, Batman is making a mental note, and he's going to write it down later and come up with a contingency plan for all of this. Like the idea of, oh, that's his power. Oh, he has that power. Maybe he has that. So he's kind of getting the deal. But he says, you speak with a, a, a Kansas accent. You know, your mannerism, subtleties, you, you, you're you an alien. Like, he's figured out a lot. A lot, yeah. And, yeah. And he says, I've been keeping a close eye on you. People may assume you're on duty 24-7, but you're not. I'm comparing notes, and it seems like you are doing things during, you know, all of a sudden you stop doing Superman stuff for the most part during American office hours. So you Nine have to a five. day job. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. And I love yeah. where this is going on. Again, zipping around. There's Batman zipping around. Superman's like, Superman is so uncomfortable with this. He says, let's get back to the Riddler. (laughs) He actually, it's almost the thing. He opened the can of worms that he shouldn't have opened. And I think that Batman at this point, I don't think he thinks Superman will ever tell him. And he's not going to tell Superman. He is just pretty much saying, I have my eye on you. And it's going to get even more as we go forward. But they say, let's get back to the Riddler. And you end up where Batman says, yeah, he's not a patient guy. He's going to strike again, guaranteed it's going to be soon. And when that happens, I'll get a hold of you. And then goes off. Batman ghosts Superman. He's been ghosted now. And it's kind of funny. And Superman's like, he looks a little pissed off. Like, nobody does this to me. Mm-hmm. But he goes off. He seems like he just goes away then. And then we get in the funny play is it's, you're having so much fun in this. You kind of don't really even need the Riddler in the whole. Yeah, it was a, it's not as good this part. You're right. When it goes back, I'm like, ah, oh, I was having so much fun with shit mm-hmm. talking Batman and Superman thinking he's so cool and all that. But we do see that the Riddler isn't doing this on his own. Again, you don't even have at a point. Batman has to know this. He has to know that the Riddler wouldn't know Kryptonese. And the idea that Superman shows up and knows it already with that idea of an alien, you know, you go with that as well. But the thing is, he hasn't really said that out loud. Like, yeah, the Riddler isn't really going to be the big man in charge, whatever. But there is a Kryptonian involved, like Superman said. But big play, we see this, like, ghost that is threatening and pretty much seems like they're blackmailing the Riddler to do it. The Riddler doesn't want to do this. 
Yeah, no. he's beating him up. He's making him do this, and he says, "Listen, I did everything you told me." And also, it it has that play. Get out of my head. Your voice it hurts. So it's really something he wants to stop. And I'll even say that the blood coming out of his nose might be from almost like an aneurysm from this. Oh voice. yeah, his brain. You know yeah. what I mean? That it's and and again, you're dealing with a guy, the Riddler, who's already on the spectrum. That's already yeah. has a lot of problems. Now all of a sudden. He has a voice that keeps telling him to do things and won't stop, and he just needs it to stop. In the point where I, I don't quite end up caring as much about the Riddler. You know what I mean? It's not like he's so sympathetic. Well, it's it's clearly he's not the bad guy in this, so it's like you're you're more intrigued by the guy in the shadows. Here. Exactly, and that that's a pretty cool deal. And and while I was a little upset, like oh, we're going to the Riddler. When you see that, you're like, oh, crap, who is this? And then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it has to be a Kryptonian. Who could that be? What not? And how does this play out? And I, I didn't see the twist coming by the end. But while we're still confused of what exactly is going on there, it's still kind of cool. But then we go back to Wayne Manor. Bruce is there. And I do like where this is so early that <laughs> Alfred's still like worried about being the Batman. I know you're worried, Alfred, about me being the Batman, but shut your mouth. <laughs> and he ends up saying, I'll be fine, whatever. And then Alfred disappears. Alfred yeah. is one of the people who disappears. I said to you that I think that Bruce doesn't react as much as I think he would. But you do say he does up the ante. He does get like, now I got to figure it out. Like he may not have even ever called Superman back. Unless this happened. Yeah. But he, he's not as ups- upset as he would be maybe five, 10 years down the line. It's still early on. I think. Maybe he's like, yeah, I just got back. You know, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> getting acclimated. I don't really love his cucumber sandwiches. But yeah. He does end up calling. He calls Clark in. He actually calls up. Uh, the Daily Planet and tells him, listen, this is Bruce Wayne, billionaire. Can I have an interview? I want to have an interview done with Clark Ken. I think he's pretty cool. And have him come. It's it's that guy's to get him there. And again, it's because Bruce suspects that Clark is Superman. In this, he probably just could have went through some channels and called Superman. But he really is. This is getting in his crawl that Superman wouldn't tell him the secret identity. So he gets Clark Ken in. <laughs> And then starts throwing crazy, and I mean insane, like shade. The the idea he is now going to show us and Clark that he is fully obsessed with finding out who Superman is. That it goes beyond just a curiosity, because when he comes into to the room and he gets there. <laughs> also, the idea, too, it's weird. You do end up having, luckily, and I don't know that Bruce knows this, but. Superman Clark, he hasn't left Gotham because Perry ends up calling him up. Hey, we got this thing. And he's like, oh, I'm still in Gotham. Perry doesn't know where the hell he is. He's like, are you in Gotham? Like, what? A-? So mm-hmm. they end up and he says, I'm still dealing with this disappearance thing. But hey, you got to get over to Wayne Manor. Bruce Wayne wants to know you. So he gets there 30 minutes later. And I think that's like, again, that's put there to make sure that you know that Superman is at least smart enough not to fly right there. Yeah. And get there in three minutes and then have. So he gets there 30 minutes later. Bruce definitely does lock the room up tight when they go into this <laughs> study. So they go in here. He locks it up. And he ends up with normal. Hey, nice place here. Okay. Let's cut the. He gets right to it. Let's cut to the chase. Superman. Superman. And then he's, what? And he ends up the picture of his mom and dad over over the fireplace. He hits a button and it turns into a computer screen where it just looks like it monitors Superman's whereabouts at all times it monitors his flight plans. So he's yeah. like, "Here, look at like out of nowhere." He's like, "Boom! Hey, 
this is what I do. I end up every day. I'm so obsessed with this Superman. These are his flight plans. I see that he ends up at the Daily Planet and also at an apartment building on Clinton Avenue. A little wink, wink that I know where you live, you son of a bitch. So you better admit it. And come on, let's do this. I know that you're Clark Kent. This is your disguise. Admit it. Clark, he's still going to play. Really? That's why you called me here? This is nonsense. Poppycock, this is. And he goes (laughs) to leave. And then Bruce says, oh, by the way, you should probably listen to the man wearing nose filters, Mr. Kent. I had no idea what he meant. I thought that he was changing his voice at first. What he's doing is Mm -hmm. the, the room, he says, I filled this room with knockout gas. The only reason that you didn't get knocked out is because you're Superman. And, and yeah, and he says nose filter. Nose filters? Why? Well, because <laughs> this. I'm like, I guess he could. I would have expected it, that that would give a little bit of a scent that Superman would have been able to sense at points or whatever. Yeah, it would have been funny if Superman realized it and then pretend he knocked out. Oh, my goodness. And pretends he passed out. But he <laughs> didn't. And then you even have Clark use his x-ray vision to see if that's the truth. It is. And then you end up. And. Mark Wade, I like the idea. He's not going to beat around the bush here either. I mean, you, you go in and he Bruce closes the door. You're Superman. Here's how I know. But then also he says, by the way, since I know you're Superman, you're on the up. I'm Batman. And then you have Clark in a weird way because me and you are both confused. He goes, oh, yeah. I know. Oh, I know. But the thing is, when they're walking down the stairs, because then you open up the clock, they're going down and you end up having Clark kind of admit the only I only knew a second ago because nobody else would be that insane to do what you just did. That was a Batman thing. I may have had my suspicions up till now, but that ended up. You proved with that that I was Superman, but you also ended up proving that you yourself were Batman. It's fine. And yeah. they go down and it's it's fun. I mean, most of this is very fun. And you go, and I like to, where they get down in the Batcave and, yeah, you have Superman. It's like, well, I guess I can get these stupid clothes off. He takes it off. He's got a Superman deal. And. You end up having Batman get dressed up, and the big play is nobody's going to look at Batman when Superman's around, especially in Gotham. But they go off because there is a new riddle. It's at the Memorial Park. It's this big monument, and it's written in Kryptonese. And I I forgot that. And actually, I wish it was a little more clear because at one point, Batman says, if you will, and let Superman (laughs) read it. I, I really thought he was testing him to see if he was literate. I actually Well, he grew up in Kansas. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, though, and he's a reporter, so it makes no <laughs> sense. But for some reason, I thought Batman was insane. I question whether Superman can even read Kryptonese. Like, what does he take in uh, uh, classes yeah, on? I, how I to, guess uh, he ends up because of the crystals. And yeah. He's like, I really want to learn how to read this ancient language that nobody else speaks. Yeah, you know, you know it's just he's getting back to his roots. <laughs> I think they always just go with the idea. Yeah, he, he knows. Crypto knows for crying out loud. Like, how do you know? That? Like, I have in this house, we have three dogs and two cats, right? I'm not going to say that any of them know English. No way. Yes, but hey, maybe. I yell at them. They don't listen to me. So maybe they're French or something. But they they end up doing this riddle. It ends up being another one. And I'm telling you, the way that this goes out and about here, it's not even like a Batman 66. I don't understand. They end up, it's, it's a bunch of numbers. But then Batman says and shows that he has dealt with riddles and the Riddler before, but says, okay, is this that? And I like the play, though. It's like, hey, I'm buying this and it's one, 16, 250. Uh, is that the number one or is it written out one? It's the number. Okay, I got it. And he ends up saying, that's the 
buying houses, but we'll combine the things because it's on the left side and we'll twist it and turn it. And that leads us to the port. In my mind, I'm going through that. I'm like, let's just go to the port. I don't know what happened there. I, I yeah. can't tell you how it 1792 works. Memorial Avenue. I don't know. 1792 Monument. It makes yeah, no he sense. Says, and, he's, and there's Superman because even before that initial, uh, you know, whole Kryptonese riddle ends up where it's, you know, a rich man doesn't have it, a poor man, or a rich man wants it, a poor man doesn't have it, and they do. And Batman figures it out right away. Superman's as dumb as us. So when we get to this, he's letting Superman try desperately to figure this out. And then he's, I'm stumped. And then he's like, no, no, no. You're on the right track. He's being so nice to him. <laughs> Listen, you're on the right track. But Riddler delights in taking me down the obvious path first. Look again. The message is written strictly on the left-hand side of the wall. You get it left, right, counterclockwise, sinister. I don't know what he's saying. And then Superman goes, port. I'm like, all right. And he says, there's an abandoned shipyard at 792 Port Street. I'm like, no, at Port Street? Like, it's just the shipyard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Wacky. But he ends up, and I like this, where they're standing at that monument, and he uses his X-ray vision to look all the way to the port, sees a ship there, and sees that Riddler's inside and looks upset. So that's pretty cool. That That really goes and shows you kind of the deal. And they say, got him. Superman busts in. Batman soon to follow and they <laughs> yell to him start talking and this is where again I wonder why Batman's not saying listen before we go in the Riddler has no way that he would know Kryptonese there's no so we got to watch out we got to do this so when they do bust in Superman's doing the shakedown Batman's in the back just scowling and all of a sudden out of what looks like a portal somebody reaches in and grabs Batman and pulls him through, makes him disappear like the vision, like everybody else was disappearing, mm-hmm. but also like the guy that we saw threatening the Riddler before. And then out of nowhere, a fist comes in and ends up just popping. Just Superman. That him, panel yeah. is good. I mean, mm-hmm. Superman flying out and the destruction, all that, and you're like, oh, crap. And it really gives you that play of who is strong enough to do that. We don't really know exactly what's happening. You turn the page, and it's Jack Sir. He was in the Phantom Zone. He's one of the bigger villains in the Phantom Zone and yells, son of my jailer, I'm going to take you down. Superman recognizes him again. You would suppose that that's from research. And he says, you're trapped in the Phantom Zone. And he says, no longer, Kal-El. I found someone to take my place. And Batman's now floating incorporeal, it seems, which is cool, in the Phantom Zone. But this is where me and you were talking, like, how does this make sense? Jack Sir mm-hmm. makes the place of Batman, but the others didn't seem to be taking place of anybody. Nope. You didn't see that guy walking across the crosswalk. All of a sudden, you pull him and the Phantom Kings there, like, or Zod or, or whatever. I it, mean, it could be. There could be a lot of people from the Phantom Zone now. In, in the meantime, I would think Gotham. that that'd be a cool play, that overall, mm-hmm. Jack Sir has been sending out an army on the down low, and now he is there waiting. That would be a big problem. <laughs> and and again, we thought maybe it's because of the body proportions. Now I'm just thinking that he wanted to wait until Superman was there. So he yeah. could pop out and attack yeah. him right away because he does say to Riddler, you have one more use for me. You're bait. I'm going to get them here. And in the meantime, he takes Batman out, which is pretty good idea. Even though I'm telling you, get that portal and throw Superman into the Phantom Zone. And now you actually have lived your best life there, Jack, sir, because you would think that that would be the best revenge for him yeah. to throw the jailer's son into the jail. 
But he gets Batman and throws him in. You know, you have that kind of deal. And even at the end, Batman just floating there. It's not like there's a ton of details, but I thought it looked really cool. Almost like, almost like the animated series type deal. And he's just there. It looks neat. But we don't know the particulars. If Eric was on this week, he'd go on and on. I'm sure about the nonsense going on. And he won answers. <laughs> I can go with it being fun, but I'm hoping that there's some more answers. He did tell me that he didn't like that they used Jaxer's animated look and not the look from the comics. He thought that that was a misplay, but I think that's, again, I think it's Mark Wade and Travis Moore here having some fun with it. I yeah, think they're just they are pulling from different, different history, different media. It's I cool. liked it. I really liked it. I, yeah, I, I did too. It's one of those where I could step aside and have fun, which I do like, and Having the Riddler, you said it before, you don't even try to figure out the riddles at this point. And I think that throwing the Kryptonese in with that actually is a really smart play to give it that extra oomph. If you end up, and also, there's no way Superman's coming to Gotham if it wasn't that. So it even works out that way. But it actually leads into, okay, we can have lame riddles, but they're written in Kryptonese. That's really cool. Batman plays off as the smart guy. Superman's kind of you know, the thug a bit, uh, but they kind of switch back and forth at points as well, which I like. Batman ends up knocking out the guy with the gun with Magpie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Superman is trying to figure things out. And, and they seem friendly enough, a little more friendly than that one in the John Byrne Man of Steel. At that point, it seemed like they were at each other's throats and Superman was not intent until he took Batman to, off the jail. So I, I did like it. What would you give it? All right. So. Uh, I was going to give it an 8.5 just because, you know, it's just a great issue. But then after just reading that Man of Steel number three and talking about that with you last week, I'm going to give it a nine just because yeah, I'm a nine too. They, they play so well together. And it's funny, before me and you started talking about it, we did a bunch of talk even before we recorded. I was kind of even still then at like an 8.5 and people were messaging me. Oh, my God, I hope that you end up reviewing that world's finest. It's so great. It's so fun. I'm like. Was it? Was it really? And then reading it again before this, I mean, you're talking about it, I'm like, you know what? It is pretty fun. There's a, I, and I love shit talk. So the idea that even the subtle kind of, you know, wink, wink shit, that it was funny to me. The idea that they were both kind of, you know, going at it with that. And it does tie in again. I don't know if it's supposed to be full out a wink, wink. It is a military battleship at the end where you end up having Riddler. But I said one of the first, the main time they first met was on the cruise ship. I think he's tying in a lot of the first appearances together. Don't you think that when you're reading this, that there's probably like three other things that we didn't yes, even get? That I there's do. something where we didn't read. Yeah. Because again, there are a lot of first meetings of the team. And I'm sure that there was more little things that maybe we didn't even get. But that makes it fun and really cool. So we're both nine out of ten. So this oh, might yeah. be my book. I, I mean, uh, the world's finest just in general is a, is a great comic book. I mean, it's just this. Yeah, and it's it's a sad thing. It seems what little sales data we get, it is kind of slipping, but it it is the, it's a solid book. And mm-hmm. even if you're like, it's not the greatest stories ever. It doesn't mean much. It's in the, the you know flashbacks, whatever. But I've never thought when we have a week with it coming out, I never sat and oh man, I got to read through that. Or no. oh, I wonder what you know crap's going to go on. I'm always actually pretty good with the idea that it's a week with the book because i at least i know i'll like one thing you know hopefully i like more than one but at least i like one so that's pretty cool and see this is positive jim 
Eric leaves a positive gym, except on that spotlight. I was not very positive on that. But yeah. those are bad books. Those are shitty books. And I was kind of uh I was kind of in disarray. I think people would realize at that point, though. This we're recording before I do the regular podcast. I'm still deciding. When you're listening to this, this may be on the regular podcast. It may be on a separate thing, whatever. But just as an aside. I might get drunk for this week's podcast. <laughs> I actually am going to the state store here in Pennsylvania after oh, we're no. done, and I'm probably going to get some sort of liquor. I'm not even going to go like beer or anything. I'm going straight, straight up to the liquors. I'm going to do that. I need something to loosen me up a bit, loosen up the gears, because I am not having a great time trying to figure out how to do a lot of these things. But this really helped me out. So thanks a lot. We ended up talking way more than I thought. And that's the thing. Up until whenever, I may have to ask you to do even more if we have time to do that. The problem is yeah, me, down, and you uh, do, me and you do a bunch of things on the Patreon. We might have to put those aside for a little, maybe mm-hmm. just to get the regular show, because I don't want to put the regular show out of commission. That would be the thing, and then we'll figure it out. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But thanks for joining me here. Thanks, everybody. And we will see everybody, hopefully, this week for our regular. DC Comics podcast that comes out every Sunday, but if not, we'll talk to you all later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.